0: To the Soul Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the podcast, I have J.D. Wilson. He is the founder of Lead You. He is an amazing human. He started this company to help empower kids and teach them leadership skills. So I'm so excited to have him. And uh, J.D., thanks for being on.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm stoked.
0: Same. So I want to start with your story, how you got started with this work, why you decided to start this company. Let's get into it.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, uh, very quickly, I've told this story many times. uh, So I apologize to my crew, especially who's had to hear me say this at every assembly. Um, But very quickly, I was born and raised in Jersey. Um, After college, I went to, uh, I hopped into the military. So I joined the Air Force. Did that for four years. After four years in the service, uh, I knew I wanted to become a teacher. So I got into teaching I thought I wanted to teach high school and coach basketball but when I got placed for student teaching they put me in a fourth grade classroom in Point Pleasant Beach New Jersey shout out St. Peter's and I um from there I kind of had a moment of like I don't know like this is awesome you know like the fourth graders just they think you're a superhero and they just they gave me a new energy and I um based on that experience, I was like, I think I want to go elementary ed. So I kind of changed gears a little bit. And I got my cert for elementary teaching. And then um, I taught in Howell, New Jersey, and go Rams. I taught for about three years, I guess, three or four years in Howell. I started noticing what I loved about teaching more so uh, than the math. I always say, I always feel like I have to apologize for like kids that are probably now in high school and like my math teaching skills were not not the best. I was like figuring it out while I was teaching it. And I felt like maybe I'm not a master at this or maybe teaching grammar, as many of you might know from my emails or resume, is not like my best route. So I started realizing what I love about teaching are like the little teachable moments that are not in a lesson plan. Uh, I really fell in love with, um, you know, those character education lessons that would naturally come up. Uh, a bad day at recess Uh, was kind of an opportunity for me to sit my class down. I had so many morning meetings. Sometimes they turn into like afternoon meetings (laughs) because I just liked getting them in a circle and talking about like, well, why do we treat people that way? Or why did that happen? And what can we do to better ourselves? Um, And I found myself really loving that role more so than the teaching piece and there was a lot with standardized testing then and there was a big push uh going on with like the part tests and all that and and that was good and fine but for me i, I found myself wanting to do more um i had a background in, with another company called shelf leadership where i worked with high school kids in the summer and we did like these awesome leadership camps we took them away for three days um, and i was doing that for about a, I don't know, seven eight years and i always thought back to the drive home from that camp um so we would take these kids and we would have we'd go to villanova campus and we'd have these like really empowering experiences before the word empowering was even used every five seconds it was like truly that's what it was the kids left on such a high i left as a facilitator driving home i didn't have to listen to music I didn't have to go on the phone or anything. I would just drive and I would just smile, I was just cheesing because I was so stoked on what we just accomplished and that feeling. So I had that feeling driving home and I said, I want that feeling driving home from work every day. So I kind of thought for a minute, I said, how can I take what I used to do with shelf leadership and how can I take the part of teaching that I love and kind of do my own thing? So long story short, Too late, I started a company uh, called Lead You, which in the beginning was just kind of based around how can we get students together and make them feel good about themselves and help them recognize that they're a leader. And that's, I don't know, was that like a three minute response or five minutes? So that was, but that's the long, the long story of how Lead You started.
0: Yeah, but I loved it. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> There's so much goodness in what you do. So I want to break down these assemblies and what you present and how you present leadership because I think they're really fun and engaging. So I want to explore that with you. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. A um, couple of things. I think um, one thing that I learned, because I mean, our first, when we first started the company, it wasn't working because I was like realizing it was trial and error. Like, okay, right. I've seen other assemblies. I've seen what works and what doesn't. And I started realizing it wasn't working. So a couple of things I noticed, despite the first five minutes of this podcast, I realized that no kid really cares about my story that much. Um, And what I mean about that is I think I believe that kids learn through experience, experiential learning and doing. Um, That's not to say they can't learn from my experience or my crew's experience or your experience or anyone's. But however, sometimes you come in so heavy with the listen to my story piece. And when we're talking, especially elementary, um, they want to do, they want to get up, they want to move around, they want to interact with each other. So I found myself more, in, less in the, like I never called myself like a motivational speaker. Um, we don't trust people who wear headsets. So I always thought that like, it was more important to curate experiences and set the table for fun and for learning. And once we kind of figured that piece out, like they just want to have fun, how can we do that in a safe way and then also sneak in our message? Uh, I think that's when it started working, is like kids start so what all we really would do, we'd show up to the school after talking to the administration and say, like, what lessons do you want us to teach? Okay. Uh, kindness, responsibility, uh, anti-bullying, whatever it might be. How can we do that without having a PowerPoint and saying, Don't do this, don't do that? Um, it was get them up, I had to bring a crew with me and break them up into teams. So they think they're competing the whole time. Uh, we keep score. Remember that uh, Remember that show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like Drew mm-hmm. Perry? Uh, yeah. Uh, where like they're keeping score and there's points. That's kind of the vibe that we created. Like we would take points really seriously, but like they also kind of knew in the back of their head, there's no winning. Um, but that helped us with making sure that we always had like classroom management. So we'd have an assembly of 250 kids that were locked in listening to us because they thought they were competing. And then they would get up and they would play these games that we would model for them. And then we'd come back and then we'd talk about it and then they'd break up again, you know? It was designed to be quick hitting. So by like the end of that hour, they're just like, they wanted more. They never had the opportunity to be bored. The yeah. minute uh, I felt the air getting there, I'd be like, okay, we gotta, we gotta switch it up. And not talking so much about myself or like having slides about like, my journey and all elementary, especially like, I'm sorry. They just, uh, I'm not that interesting. You know, it's like, they want to, it's more interesting to see what they create together. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, we, we kind of went through that uh, growing pain of being like, Oh wait, like they just want to have fun. So uh, creating, I will say creating a safe zone for kids to be silly um, for adults too. Mm -hmm. to be silly and knowing that there's no judgment coming here there's no judgment at all it's just it's completely we are we are silly it's all right to be silly we believe in silliness um i've been thinking a lot about that word and i'll talk about that later but like the idea of silly like silly leadership it's like there's something there because Mm -hmm. you have to cut down this idea of like leadership has to be so serious and it's if you leave laughing uh you're gonna want to do it again so that was kind of yeah yeah Another, another long winded way of saying like, yeah, we just wanted to make it fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that's how kids learn anyway. If you create experiences for them that are meaningful and impactful because they're having fun, that's going to stick with them. Like, of course, they're going to remember the assembly. It's not going to be like, oh, yeah, that was a waste of time. Like, I was so bored. I fell asleep. Like, you're not going to get that because they're in it, they're engaged, and they're having fun. So
1: Kids want to do. Yeah, they want to do. They want to. And exactly. They'll remember a moment they had with one another more so than they would something that I said. I always say, like, if there's one thing you remember, it's that. And like, I'll put one. They walk away with one sentence and they remember that sentence. That's a win. But it's more about the feeling. Right. It's about the feeling they have when they leave. Uh, it's like uh, if you go to a concert, you might not know all the lyrics, but you had a great time and you enjoyed the vibe. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that. So yeah. we're we're like, we're Coldplay is what I'm trying to say. Please, <laughs> you, please cut that part out. We're not Coldplay.
0: <laughs> That's another thing I, I just want to like attach to though. I think what you said about being silly is important and it's, it's a valuable trait. Like the more joy we could find in our journey, like the better it gets. So it's always finding like, the joy, you know, and playing more. I think that's like a lesson for adults. It's okay to like let go and have fun. Like it doesn't have to be so serious.
1: Yeah, Rachel, the, an interesting thing to your point that we noticed was that like, when we started getting bookings for staff training uh, and professional development days, I instantly, I always feel like, I feel intimidated by going into a room full of adults. It's a lot more intimidating than a room full of kids for me. True. And we started thinking, all right, well, we have to come up with a curriculum and we need it to be like this. And it has to be more professional. And like we realized that every, and I mean this with respect, everything we're doing with the kids applies to the adults and sometimes works better because you're cutting through like you get a room full of teachers that we if we have a rule, put down your phone and like just engage in the silliness and let, let it be known that we are not judging and we are just here to have fun. It's amazing what happens in that room. So, like things that we're doing with third graders, we're doing with teachers, and they're getting that benefit of feeling like a kid again. And I took, we ended up, we took a lot of pride in that. We we took pride in the fact that we could create an atmosphere like that, and kind of realized that was our business. We're in the business of curating a silly, fun time, and getting them talking, getting other people talking. Because I don't have all the answers, you know. We're always all learning every day. So, but I can start a conversation. If I can ignite a conversation, that's sometimes a lot more impactful than anything I am regurgitating from a podcast I heard. You know, does that that make sense? Yeah.
0: It makes 100% sense. And I think it's what we need. I think we really need this right now. And just in general, as a culture, I feel like life doesn't have to be serious to be impactful. And I love that you guys are helping teachers realize that too, because then they can infuse that into their classrooms. And then they can meet kids on their level. That's like the language of kids is play silliness fun if you teach that to the teachers and they put it in their classroom experiences i think of course in a safe way where you know there's safe boundaries in place and it's not chaos so that's another thing like how do you guys create like these safe spaces like you want to have fun it's it's a game it's engaging but also like making sure it doesn't get out of hand
1: yeah it's a lot especially when it's that many kids i'll share a quick story my first assembly ever we always talk about this story. It was, um, we're lucky we didn't like, <laughs> so we, we ended up going to a school in Howell. It was a school I used to teach at and they were so great because they're like, yeah, JD left teaching and like, we don't know what he's doing, but we trust them and, and bringing him in. And I didn't know what I was doing and this story will kind of show. I had this vision in my head of like, uh, like this big, at the end of the assembly, like big e- explosion of like confetti and like, you know, like empowerment. And like, I just had this vision in my head that this was going to be awesome. And I'm very last minute. So the night before, I'm trying to create this vision and I have a team of about, there was like nine, seven or nine of us that went to this assembly. And I'm trying to explain to them my vision, what we're doing. So we ended up showing up to the school uh, wearing jumpsuits and we had a projector and we had a huge, my sister made this huge giant out of a refrigerator uh, box like this huge giant like meter that like an empower meter i forgot what we called it and like she decorated it and on the inside was all the styrofoam porn things uh like filled with it and then we <laughs> we connected a leaf blower to it and my buddy connor brings a leaf blower in note to self don't bring leaf blowers into gymnasiums with kids so we had the leaf blower connected We showed up and like, I was like, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. We'll play David Bowie at the end. It's going to be this great explosion. So like I had it all, we did the assembly, you know, like I said, learning curve. It didn't go in my head that well. Um, And then at the end we were ready for the explosion. We turned the leaf blower on and it's like like, and then the the styrofoam starts shooting everywhere. All the kids, they just think these guys are crazy. No one's in charge. They rush the leaf blower refrigerator box and they start hopping on the stage. And like, there's one kid, like, just like on the stage, I had to like lift them up. And I was like, this is chaos. This is not good. And then, like, we had to shut it down. After that, we didn't get booked for at least two months. <laughs> we talked as a crew. We're going back like four years ago. I was yeah. like, safety. I was like, what an idiot. I'm not thinking safety. I'm thinking too much. You see, that balance is so important and finding a balance of like, okay, how do we control this? And then we, discovered, all right, our main thing right now is like, what strategies can we put in place that ensure a safe, controlled environment? That's what I do in my classroom, even if it's 19 kids. So when I have 250 kids in front of me, what system can we get put in place? So we lost the leaf blower, lost all that. And we decided to come up with a strategy for really kind of making sure they stay with us. And that strategy involves two things. One is my crew. I would roll deep with the crew and they would sit with each team. And they wouldn't just sit there like a teacher. They would sit with them and talk to them a little bit. And they would let them know, hey, you're accountable. I'm watching to make sure that you're on the same page. So finding that boundary was really important. And then the second thing is the Walmart hat. I don't know if you're familiar with the Walmart hat, but everyone's talking about it. Now, um, the Walmart hat is just this hat I've had forever. And we would, I'd do this whole long story and I'd say, all right. And it really worked with second graders, uh, you know, like fifth graders would roll their eyes, but play along. I'd say, Hey, I've been all over the world. And in my journey, I found this very rare hat and I'd hold up this hat. and I, It wasn't this one, but I'd be like, and the place that I found this hat was a far, far away land. Then the natives called it Walmart, you know, and like we added up, And I was like and the way the Walmart hat works is whenever I hold it up, you have to quietly put your arms up and you get points. So, long way of saying using something silly ridiculous and believing of a walmart hat like they'd get stoked on it like they'd be like these guys are so ridiculous fine i'll put my arms up and like they we realized that this was a great management tool throughout our assemblies again based in silliness uh but we all we all do it the teachers would do it my crew would be like oh yeah hands up and you get my favorite part of assemblies would start to be where like the purple team you'd see the team all the way in the back and you'd see the kid that wasn't really into it in the beginning, midway through the assembly, is starting to feel it. And like, you see them be like, yo, 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 like telling their friends Walmart hat, Walmart hat, like like, taking it so serious because they have a belief and they realize that it's a safe zone to be silly. So kind of that management piece also stems back to the silliness piece, if that makes sense. Um, And yeah, but learn as I go. So no more leaf blowers bringing crew and Walmart hat. That is my recipe for success. For seven
0: Yeah. I also like the piece where your crew is in the audience and they're keeping the kids accountable. I feel like when you give that level of respect to kids, sometimes kids, especially with like behavioral issues, like they want to be seen, they want to be heard. They want to have some responsibility. So it's almost like when you give that to them, like they feel more important.
1: You're so right. You're So right. It's like, um, I, I would always, we'd say in the crew, like, you know, you're not going to get to all 250 kids sometimes there's gonna be a kid that's out of it so i said you know it's kind of it's your job during those in-between times you see a kid who's wearing a Patriots shirt and be like you like the patriots you're like ah like tom brady or whatever like then you start talking if, if you notice some if you see a girl who's like really you see her dancing during dance to the dj a game that we play and like really do, doing something gymnasticsy like just connect with them find something that you think they like you like star wars i didn't like the new one right you like the new one talking to them like they're on your level, not saying, sit down, do this, play this game. You know, that's a genuine thing that really goes a long way. I said, you know, even if one kid leaves being like, Hey, country Mike is an example. That guy country Mike was like listening to me Like he cared about what football team I liked there. He cared about what I had for lunch that day. Like, again, that goes a long way. Um, and you know, to your point, it's just getting on their level. Um, And realizing that there is isn't accountability, but we care about you. We're listening.
0: Yeah. And to just go back to like leadership, I think that's just important in leadership in general, to see people, to hear people, to let them know they matter. Even when it comes to big leaders, to see people, even if you're talking about like on a presidential level, attending to people's needs and being of service, I think that's important for leadership.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Active listening. Right. Yeah. It's just like uh, absolutely listening to what any anyone around you is saying and not just responding. And that takes practice. Right. We teach that. That's not something that just happens. It, we're doing you and I are doing it right now. It's like okay. as you're as you're speaking, I want to make sure that I'm listening to what you're saying, not saying, like, oh, I want to talk about this. You know, oh, I want to talk. It's like if you recognize that I, I value your opinion, which I do, um, but like making sure that you always are active listening. That's a huge lesson that we hit on with all grade levels. Um, It goes a long way.
0: Yeah. So I know that, you know, we all have our own personal journeys and sometimes that influences the work we do. So I'm curious, I know it's not about you and you don't make leave you about you, but I know that you're learning every day as a person, as a human being, like we're here to learn. So what would you say, like you've learned over the past year, month, whatever that you've incorporated into your empowerment
1: workshops and assemblies. So yeah, um, so moving out, I think the number one thing I've learned is environment and headspace, I guess. It's so when with COVID and all that, you know, we uh, getting people in a room is no longer a thing right now, I should say. So when that happened, the writing was on the wall that like people were not getting in rooms together. Um, the thing that I learned is I, I, the thing I had trouble with, and I went through a tough time is because like, we were booked. It, it was working. We just got back from Canada um, and they loved us. We had England coming up in the, in the summer, which we were doing like a, it was an international school. We were doing lead you Academy out there and we were booked in Jersey and Pennsylvania a little bit. Anyway, we were both, it was working. And uh, then, you know, obviously when COVID hit, I feel like what it did is it, it kind of allowed me to stop and realize that, um, you know, I need a break and I got to take care of myself as well. Um, And self-care, which I know is something you're huge on. And, and for me, uh, I was running myself into the ground anyway. uh, It's a flaw. It's something that I have to be mindful of all the time. Like I feel myself already starting to get there now as we're re- rebooting and things. So um, I think self-care is something that I've learned uh, in the last, since COVID it's, so I took a break. I came out to Hawaii it's where I am right now and I got back in the classroom teaching third grade and it's been humbling and it's been really grounding in that, like realizing that it reassured that like, I love what I do and I need to get back to what I was doing. So yeah, self care and um, has been a huge thing for me. And I, I guess I was always so worried about the company, people around me, um, and I, I still am. However, it's not gonna be anything if I'm deteriorating. Um, yeah, there was time I ended up uh, in the hospital a couple times, uh, about three times, just for like dehydration my crew knows like, they'd get calls the night before and I'd be like, I, like, I'd have to skip out on some, uh, just cause I was running myself thin. My family recognized it. And I was just like, it, it was just a lot putting everything into it. So finding a balance. And I think what COVID has allowed for me is just be like, all right, you gotta take care of yourself. And there's another way of doing this that is healthier, um, and can work, um, Flexibility is another thing. Um, and realizing, you know, when it first hit, my feeling was like, okay, I'm not doing the virtual thing. I'm not, I'm not, like, even what we're doing right now, I was like, I'm not doing that. I love getting in a room and making people feel a certain way and creating a vibe and an energy. And I was like, I'm not coming back. We're not doing that until that's back. Well, like things change, you have to adapt and kids are learning differently. So if I really believe in what I'm doing, if I'm not adapting, if I just if I just give up on that, then, like clearly, it wasn't my passion. Um, so I think the fact that it's been creeping in uh, the last couple of months, like gotta get back out there, gotta get back out there is uh, it just proves like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't know if I answered your question, but
0: <laughs> <It is. laughs> it's <been a> <laughs> it did um not excite you. i I feel like that's what keeps you going is that it excites you, but it's also like, working in a healthy way. I think that's one thing as a culture that we kind of need to wrap our heads around and I think clearly covid taught everybody this is like slow down, like you're not supposed to work all the time, you're not supposed to run yourself thin. And it's sad that like we have to get to the point where we are dehydrated or exhausted or burnt out and then we wake up. So it's like yeah, but it, I think it's still impressive that you're so dedicated to the work you do so that you just wanted to keep doing it. But yeah, like implementing self-care is a great lesson and adapting too.
1: For the long game, you know? It's like, if you want to be in this for for the long game, it's like, all right, well, I got to take care of myself and and take care of the people around me, uh, the yeah. people that are in on this, you know, and want, and want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been... It's been a good thing out here it's also there's something about we we're just talking about this last night at dinner it's like there's something about hawaii too not to make you jealous but um to make jealous. You jealous. Uh, it, <laughs> there is there is something out here it's uh there's a pace and there is a kindness out here new jersey professionally and personally um was just not working for me i was like i just need to switch my energy change your state right it's like you gotta sometimes you just gotta jump in to that, that cold bath and you just got to um, wake up a little bit. So that's kind of been, yeah, it's kind of been the journey out here for me so far. Um, it's starting to make sense too. Didn't make sense at first, but I'm like, oh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Take care and now we can reboot.
0: Yeah. I am jealous, <laughs> I'm gonna say that. I think what you said is true, like there is an energy about your surroundings and your environment and it will impact you. On a personal level, you know, I think that's just a lesson for anyone listening to is like, if your environment isn't working, like, don't be afraid to switch it up and surround yourself with more positivity or more nature, whatever's calling you like it's okay to follow that, that call, you know.
1: To your point. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, um, and what I did was extreme, you know, coming all the way across to Hawaii to change, change my atmosphere, but you can do that in in your own house, you can do that uh, you know, you can create spaces that give your mind that peace. Um, and you can do it pretty simply. It's like, like, you know, you can, any, any zone you're in any room that we go into. Um, I remember like when I, I went and I did a staff training in, in England, um, and it was like the last night of the training. And I, like, my thing was like, lighting and and like where everyone's sitting and the music and the i think that's why people love yoga or like communities like that too at least that's why i like it is that it gives you it helps your mind just by going to a new setting but you can create that on your own um, even during a snowstorm in jersey you know it's up to you to create that zone tea lights <laughs> and like but whatever it is for you you can create that that space um and so important that you you're mindful of that you can change that energy and then you just you said earlier the people around you right it's like who are you surrounding yourself with uh that's something that we say all the time at assemblies or workshops it's just like be mindful in third grade or something we'd say like be mindful of your friends at recess well as adults it's like be mindful of who you're putting your time and energy into and notice if like how that's impacting your own time and energy uh as well and is is that return to center is that is that worth it for you? You know? So something yeah. that, yeah. And again, I don't know. I feel like I'm speaking very uh, bookish or stoically. Like these, these are things that I'm learning like literally a couple of weeks ago. So as I'm going through this, I'm just, I'm figuring it out too, but you can change your state. Like you, everyone has the power to do it on their own.
0: Yeah, for sure. I also think that that power piece is important. I feel like a lot of people forget that they're powerful and that, I mean, you're influencing your life every day. The decisions that you make are powerful. And I love that you're teaching that to kids like, hey, you know, you can be mindful of everything going on and and you can choose to be the person you want to be and show up as that person. And just because something is happening around you back to environment, like you can still choose to show up as the best version of yourself or try So I feel like just teaching kids that is important because like not to be super cheesy, but kids are the future. So if we want to create a better society, like that's where you start, you know, it's, it's these kids growing up, like let's prevent them from having all of these inner child wounds that people have to work through as adults, you know?
1: Absolutely. Two things on what you just said. First thing is always be super cheesy. Uh, (laughs) Second thing, second thing is uh, you made me think about like, You're right. So, if they are the future and we want to teach them these things, uh, you know, so then it's like, what is the vessel for teaching them that stuff? It's like, we know the lesson, we know what we want to teach, but what is the best way of getting that through to them? Um, Especially in this changing world. Well, I've always said experiential learning, but like now that we're doing more calls and we're doing, all right, so how can we flip the script and make that fun and make that digestible for them? Because, you know, not for nothing, I don't think a fifth grader is listening to this podcast right now. Um, and if they and this far into it, I'll say, um, or maybe they're listening to a little clip of it on YouTube. So like, that's another way of like realizing their attention span, realizing what they like and what they want and making it fun for them. So it's, that's our job. It's everyone's job, you know, and everyone's doing it. And that's, that's something that I love.
0: Yeah. I love that too. I love how specific the experiences are to each group of people, group of students. Like, I think that's important. And that shows how much you care. Like you're paying attention and you're curating things like to people's needs. And that's really meaningful. And one of the reasons why I was just like, you're doing amazing work. So I want to get into the, like what you're doing now and how you guys have pivoted too. Cause I know like you were missing this work. So you changed it up and now you're doing some virtual stuff. So let's, let's talk about that.
1: So lead you bootcamp is what we're calling it. Uh, Basically, what we've done is we've created a five-week experience on Saturdays only for kids. I think what's happening right now, Rachel, at least in talking to my sister who has uh, kids that are our target audience, is parents, I think, are looking, I hope, are looking for something for their kids to believe in, to latch onto, and to feel like they belong to. Um, You know, a lot of sports and things have been shut down. So it's making them feel a part of a community and a club, if you will, of kids of their own age. And again, making the virtual thing fun, breaking them into different breakout groups, having them create. So there's three things they're gonna be doing during this five week program. Um, they're going to be connecting with each other through different games. Again, it's going to just be like a really fun, silly time, uh, the first couple sessions. So they get to know one another. Yeah. Uh, when I say, when it, it sounds cool, I like, I do like saying, I'm not gonna lie, but I like saying connecting with kids around the world, mm-hmm. but they really are, there are kids that have si- signed up uh, and are planning to sign up from our Canada experience or our England experience, people that are interested in that. So it's, you really get the opportunity for your child to connect with somebody of their age around the world, who's in a school going through the same thing we're going through. And then we're giving them a purpose to connect. And then we're giving them a reason to collaborate and work together through like we're giving them little, little fun projects that are very interactive. It's not like cut and paste. It's going to be very fun digital projects that they're going to create and then present those projects so that they create something. Connect, collaborate, create. It's kind of what we've always done. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're doing it on the digital level. And yeah, we're, again, we're learning as we go. So we're just dipping our toes into it for right now we're throwing the enrollment out there not to sound too pluggish but like yeah we have an enrollment page three hundred dollars for five weeks there's going to be things sent during the week like supplemental materials to keep them on board and to keep it fun and collaborative we have the lead you crew waiting on the bench to hop in and help out um so it won't be just sit and listen to this guy with the sideways hat talk uh it's going to hopefully be a very fun experience for them all um so we have that happening the empowerment boot camp like When I say we're putting everything into it, we really are. Um, And that's gonna be launching in mid-February-ish. I gotta double check the dates. Then what's been happening is uh, schools, again, this wasn't, I think we were talking before uh, we started recording, but but the schools are now, schools, Girl Scout troops, sports teams, Uh, we have faculty, people are reaching out saying, can you create something specifically for our group? And we're saying, Hell yes. <laughs> so it's like, of course, like, what do you want? When do you want that? How many hours? What topics do you want? It's what we were doing anyway. Now it's just on the digital level. So um, if you are involved in the PTO or PTA, if you are a coach, a teacher, administrator, whatever, we are open to everything. Uh, we're right now, like we're doing a troop camp for a Girl Scout troops. We're designing a program for them. Again, stuff that we've done in the past, but now we're rethinking the digital way. So we're, we're there. It's just, we're, we're hoping that people see that our value uh, and recognize, Hey, these guys are good at what they do. And we need, sometimes you need a third party to come in and kind of reignite uh, and to kind of realign everybody. And that's where we fall in. So um, that is the experience. We have a lead you bootcamp. We just we put a uh, conference call fake video out there recently, uh, to kind of show that we're back-ish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like obviously the podcast is called Solutions. I feel like this is some soulful stuff. I mean, it's it's really good to teach kids the stuff that you teach. You teach mindfulness. You teach empowerment. You teach confidence. Like, tell me a little bit about some of your favorite things that you teach the kids.
1: I would say. Mindfulness and, and mindfulness, it's, you know, that word is, as buzzwordous as it is, it's like a real thing. So the mindfulness piece, but I will say this, rather than just being like, you know, when you say mindfulness, I think kids might think you got to zen out and you have to like listen to your breath. And there is that. But I like thinking about mindfulness, like being mindful of your actions, um, being mindful of others' feelings around you. Mm-hmm. um and recognizing that and i think i really enjoy that piece when we teach being mindful of the person you are because i think and we have different games uh like this game called seven seconds um that we play about like being mindful of those around you and recognizing that hey let's play want to play seven seconds real quick sure that's right rachel I'm putting you on the spot we have seven seconds
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: all right here you go all right so um I want. This is a game called seven seconds. I want you to take, the idea of having this game is that I'm going to give you seven seconds. How many seconds? Seven seconds to think of a leader. Think of what? A leader or a friend or someone who's in your life um, who you know is a good person and who has treated you well and fairly. Somebody in your life, other than your mom or dad right now, just someone who you're thinking about that maybe you haven't thought about a while, somebody who you know is a good person. I'm going to give you seven seconds of silence. I'm going to do it as well. Um, And let's both think of somebody who's in the room. Seven seconds of silence begins in three, two, one. Think of that person. We're going full cheese. Put your hand on your belly. Breathe in. And out. Okay. Who are you thinking of, uh, Rachel, during that seven seconds?
0: Sure. Um. Well, before you said, like, besides your mom or dad, I was thinking of my mom. Right. Um, uh, my mom has such a good heart, and um, she goes, uh, one of those things where, like, when you're constantly trying to help other people, like, you almost exhaust yourself. And I've seen, like, she's a nurse, she works, so much and she's always like still taking care of me so it was hard not to say her um but I also feel like I I I value kids and I feel like my nephew as young as he is like he teaches me all the time and he teaches me a lot of the things that you said today like be silly and be present and so I think like even though he's like a little kid like I I see him as like a leader because he reminds me of what I can do to make my life better so I don't know those are two people that popped into my head I could have said like a boss or like somebody else but like those people are meaningful to me so it's hard not to think of them
1: and so imagine what thank you for sharing um imagine what you just said happening only your mom and your nephew are in the room with you or on the call with us Mm -hmm. something happens where then they feel empowered like oh Mm -hmm. um Know, Rachel, like, has never publicly kind of acknowledged that. Um, and so when we get kids in the room doing that, like, a, yeah. oh, my God, like the kindergartners, like, they'll just be like, I'm, thi- I'm thinking of Pamela because Pamela is a good friend of me and she makes me laugh. And then they go and back before COVID, they'd hug and like, and just letting them know that, like, other people are mindful of that. We don't, maybe we don't get the opportunity to talk about that a lot. Um, like, and I'd ask you, and I hope I'm not coming across too like teachers, but like, how did that make you feel just like saying that, like, to me, and like, something happens, right? Um, and you feel good about yourself, hopefully. And then the people in the room feel good about themselves. It's so simple, right? And it's silly, which is what we believe in. But it goes like a really, really long way, especially when it's someone who maybe they didn't recognize that like you didn't. I love when the kids like they'll give like a me, like they'll look over and be like, and like I have them stand up and realize like, yeah, like I think this about you. You're a good person. Like I noticed that. I just don't stop in the middle of playing basketball and tell you that. But like, thank you, you know, and that goes like a long way uh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool, right?
0: (laughs) So simple, but so meaningful and so good. So Yeah, just another reason why your plug absolutely has to be in the show because people need to incorporate this into their life, so yeah. Right,
1: and again, yeah, it's just making, creating that safe space for you to be like, yeah, I'm okay with sharing that. I think this all started with your question about what I love teaching. I like mindfulness, but like specific mindfulness, mindful Mm -hmm. of your actions, mindful of those around you and letting, letting them know that you recognize that. Or like sometimes they'll steal the microphone you know, and they'll say, wait, I want to say something about you now. And like, and it just becomes this contagious thing where everybody's just kind of spreading kindness and love. And there's an energy in the room that like, ah, I miss it. So we'll get it back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we're trying to
1: get it back uh, virtually right now.
0: Yeah. I think it's still meaningful work that can be done virtually. And although the in-person experiences are so valuable and so awesome, I still think you guys are creating it virtually. So I'm excited for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, this is the part where we actually drop some more info, (laughs) like where to find you, um, how to get in touch with you. So let me know all of that.
1: Sure. Um, So there's, if you go to lead you there, uh, L-E-A-D, the letter U-T-H-E-R-E, I'm sure it'll be on the comments or something like that. Leadyouthere.com. You Uh, you can click on the bootcamp. There's literally a button that says connect with JD so you can just connect with me. Um, I'm the one that I'd want to talk to you about whatever boot camp experience you're interested in for whatever group. Or if you're interested in just enrolling your son or daughter into our boot camp, uh, just connect with me is the best way to do it. I realize fully that this is a new thing. Um, so parents may want, you know, more questions answered, you might want to just feel comfortable with me. so please uh go to our website connect there you can always go on instagram uh and facebook and all that fun stuff as well and just reach out and we've plenty of people that are on it that will get right back to you but uh ultimately you'll be talking to me because i want to make sure like we've been talking about that i understand your need and i want to make sure that we deliver on that
0: yeah awesome well, thank you so much for coming on this has been amazing i really appreciate you and This whole conversation definitely lit me up too. So thank you. Hey friend, thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.